I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. You're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Repetoculture Network. Well, hello. 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 <laughs> How is everybody doing? This is episode 121 of Snakes and Stogies, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network family of Herpeticulture podcasts. Uh, I am Justin. I am Smitty of Palmetto Coast. Exotics. I am Phil of the Nefers Initiative on Instagram, but should I say Venom Exchange Radio? Is that that more? too? All yeah, of Venom it. Exchange Radio, Venomous Etiquette videos. Even though I haven't put one out in like six months, they're coming. Don't worry about that. So it we had pretty much a week off, or at least I did, because we didn't do THP Thursday because we had an event at the cigar shop, uh, which I am no longer at. Uh, so dumb, dumb, dumb. Oh, I just made it in the trash can. Kobe. Uh, but today I started a new job. So I'm smoking a Neanderthal Grand Perfecto Ooh. to kick it off. I've I've had I had a small Padron before I, like one of the two thousands, like the little guys earlier after dinner. And I was like, man, I was like this is this is what that 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 first cigar of the day hits different now. Because like yeah, I hadn't smoked anything all day, and so I was like, I got home and I lit it up. I was like, Oh my god! I was like, This yep. is what, this is what they live for. Yes, the guys that came in and bought, like this the, is what they. The after work smoke, man. That's this it. Is, this is what it what it's like. So you're gonna be like freelancing at the cigar store still? Uh, yeah. I told him I'd help out when I could. You know, moonlighting, help him. With events and stuff, because he's got some older guys working part time now in place of me, and those events get kind of chaotic. So you need to have someone who's sort of fast on the register and doesn't need any supervision. So we'll see. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind working here and there when I can, but it's definitely gonna. I'm gonna I mean, for the time being, I'm gonna take some. I'm gonna enjoy the new schedule for a bit and sure, sure, get into a groove and get your feet wet. We talked about starting THP earlier instead of being nine o'clock. We'll probably start at like eight, depending on the guest. Because if they're in the West Coast, then starting at five may not be an option. So we'll see. I don't know if you want to start earlier. I won't be able to because I don't get I out of work in time. Yeah. So I figured. Which is, I mean, it's fine by me. It's whatever. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a nine to five now. So it ain't like I'm getting up any earlier than I was before. So that's good, man. That's good. And uh, are you, did you talk to Raj about doing, still doing like sampler packs and stuff or no? I haven't, but okay. I mean, if the desire's there, I, you know, we can figure it out. And, yeah, you know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's not like you uh, left on bad terms, you know? Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Good stuff, man. It, uh, well, it will be a nice seamless transition. I don't think I'm even going to. Like our pay schedule, I think, is going to be the same because me and Katie are on like alternate weeks. So we basically get paid every week, which is really nice. And I don't think that's going to change. And yeah, so the new job is I am an office manager, which at this point, I'm pretty sure just means 
you fill in all the blanks where they need to be filled in any position. So okay. it's for a, a custom apparel company. So it's a company that does uh, like screen printing. They do digital printing on shirts, which is actually pretty cool. That's what I did a lot of today. Uh, they do embroidery. Um, it's also connected to a kazoo factory. The only kazoo factory in the country Wow. There's like a whole kazoo museum in there and they have like literal tours that people do. That's actually really cool. It's 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 bizarre, but it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so this is only my first day today and I, I there's a lot I got to I got to catch up on for this next week cuz the girl that I'm replacing is leaving like the beginning of June, so this next week is going to be definitely a, a cram of sorts of information and things, so so but it me. was it was getting home at five, man. That was bizarre. Like I was saying, you know, just before we started, it just felt weird being home and when the when the sun's still out, you know, it's just like this is it's odd, but it's good. It'll it's good be nice. Man. It's a new so, chapter. I mean we were I mean uh <laughs> let me find out that Justin's into bedazzled. <laughs> He's the, a uh, rhinestone the, cowboy. The, the digital printing thing is actually pretty cool. Like it's literally like a giant computer printer of sorts, but it prints on t-shirts instead of paper. That's cool. So you can do like images, you know, like I said, so like more intricate logos. Cause with the screen printing, you're limited to like four to six colors, depending. Right. With this, you can print pretty much anything. So awesome. It's pretty neat. Awesome. So I got to see the whole process of that day and, and helped with a bunch of shirts and, um, It'll be good. I mean, we we and Katie were talking about it, you know, a little while before we started, and like, there's really no downside to this job. Like everything's everything about it is it just works better, you know, just the Excellent. schedule and the way their time off works and and things like that. So, and everyone's pretty mellow too. It's some. I mean, I'm working with a with a bunch of women, but they're all pretty chill. Good. Everyone seems really nice. Everyone seems it's a small group. It's not a lot. I mean, there's two three like seven of us Excellent. and and like two of those or three of those are just on the the kazoo side so nice. i mean they still like it's all connected so we're all still mixing it up but they the do their thing and we do our thing the kazoo side the kazoo <laughs> side <laughs> that's awesome yeah so um, the vacation schedule will be nice uh i have not talked about daytona yet I think I still still have to figure out what day Jake plans on going down. And then if I end up shacking up, uh, like sharing a room with Danielle and them, I have to figure out what day they're going down. Um, I'm thinking I'll see if I can get down there like Friday probably and just get that Friday off and be off because I'm off weekends now, Monday through Friday, which is nice oh, too. Excellent. So... So yeah, if you could just take that one Friday off, yeah, I'm sure yeah. they won't care. You know, you take a personal day or whatever. Right. If, especially if you tell them well in advance, you know. Yeah. It's not like it's next weekend. I so. like I got hired and I wanted to bring it up, but I didn't want to be that guy that you ever see that episode of The Office where it's Jim Carrey and they're interviewing yeah. their new manager and he really wants to go to the Finger Lakes. Yeah. He's yeah. like keeps making sure that, that that weekend is off so we can go to the Finger Lakes. Like mm -hmm. I didn't want to be that guy. So <laughs> Yeah, but I figure at least you tell them now. Be like, hey, look, I forgot to mention this. Uh, I uh, go, I have this thing I do every year. I'm only gonna be missing one day, FYI. If so facto, not gonna be here. 
you know. So. Bedazzled design of Bigfoot and some assless chaps for Mr. Owen heading his way soon. All chaps That's an image. are assless. They're chaps. Cheek chillers. <laughs> I watched that movie the other day. Oh, did you know? Good. Son-in-law. Yeah, man. Awesome. Middle America. Ripping the fields. You guys have chickens. I love chickens. chickens. Are they extra crispy or original recipe? Oh, man. Steven Tyler PJs. Steven Tyler PJs. Oh, God. I forgot all about that movie. Ugh. It's on YouTube, movies and TV. I don't know if you're aware of that, but YouTube has a whole section where you can watch movies and TV for free. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have it on DVD somewhere. I know yeah, I have it on VHS. Made, but... Yeah. That's cool. Well, before we get crazy, this is episode 121 brought to you by the fine people of the Pacific Northwest, the Puget Sound Pythons, which is over that way, as well as the indomitable Black box cages. Cages.com. Get you your. Uh, up yet? You got pictures for me yet? No, no, man, no, <sighs> no. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hot mess with uh, animals right now, and uh, cages are dirty. Everyone's fed, but I've been kind of half-assing it lately. Work's been busy, and uh, but I do got really, really fat geckos. So, fingers crossed. I put egg boxes Very in. Very good. And uh, incubator is fucked to say the least. So uh, what do you mean like just not working oh, yeah, properly? It, oh yeah, it just it won't go above sixty nine. So like, what's I wonder the point? if the heating element burnt out on it or something. It might. Um, I think this week at some point when I have a minute, I'm gonna unscrew the back of it and like clean the fans out and clean like just get like a can of keyboard duster and uh, like air compressed air and just blow the whole back of it out and make sure that there's no like you know family of four living in there right. and. Uh, and then and then turn on and see what happens. So there's a baby mouse and a used condom in the back seat. Really gross, dude. You laugh, but when I lived in Jersey, my dad's Subaru would like not turn over, and he couldn't figure out for the life of him. It was like a new car; everything was good. Whole family then, of possums, dude. He had two nests of mice in his engine. Two nests. Two different families. It's kind of funny that they would pick that as the place to just set up shop. It's like, you know, if I well, turn this on, like you're all getting obliterated, right? Well, no, because it was warm and it was cold outside. And, you know, that's where they where they went. So, yeah. Gron asked if you're ready for Arizona. Uh, mentally, yes. Physically, no. I still got to do some packing, some organizing. But, uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, I got my gear all together. I have my checklist of everything that I need. Damn, to I'm going to be all do. alone that week. You are, my friend. <laughs> you are. It'll just be me. <laughs> no, it is nice, though. I will say, like, to take a break periodically and have, like, a week off to sort of, for, like, feel refreshed and sort of coming back sure. to it. And, you know, it's nice to have that. And, you know, this last week was, was no exception. It was the longest week ever because I was waiting on it to, you know, be over so i could start the new job and stuff like that and so it was yeah. like of course time was like yeah i'm gonna go about half half pace what i usually do right so but yeah i'm uh i'm ready i actually uh i've been waiting to buy the right handheld gps so i finally got my garmin and uh just you have playing. one in your hand it's called your phone uh, it doesn't work in the middle of nowhere pal as you and i have tested on many occasions 
So uh, I, I figured, you know what? Let me stop beating around the bush and, and get it. And uh, I did. And uh, I actually set my store up to be a dealer because I'm that guy. Nice. And uh, yeah, so I've been playing with that. And uh, it's in, it's incredible. Um, I've it's used, come a long way. Oh, yeah. It's come a huge long way. And wow. uh, I've used sat phones before. And I want to be getting an in-reach from Garmin because I didn't necessarily need maps so much as I needed communication. Mm -hmm. um, so it has all the built-in SOS stuff. And basically, I can text and send communications from anywhere on the planet with the exception of Antarctica. So, and I don't plan on going there anytime soon. <laughs> so I think we're in the clear. Yeah, pretty much in the clear. Um, and uh, just going through it and learning it and like learning. I mean, I knew a little, I knew a little bit about topographical maps, but really learning like coordinate placement and then like realizing that every keystroke costs you money. You know what I mean? So like being mindful is to like you have you have presets that are free, you know, you have you have certain tracking that costs money and just figuring all that out. I've been having a lot of fun with that. So uh, I'm eager to take it with me and pray to God I never have to use it. Pray to God I never have to turn it on. How about that? So uh, also. Before I forget, in other news, the May raffle has another week to go. So this time next week. The show next week. We're going to be drawing numbers since for the raffle. So if you have not gotten your raffle slots yet, there's two left on the tumbler. There's, there's still some left on the tumbler. I'm actually only shocked. two though. Only two. Still, still. Uh, there are some still for the Red Coastal, and then there are still some for the Isopods and the Magnolia Pod Leaf package. So make sure you get in there. If you go to our Facebook page, Herpeticulture Network. Or if you go to the herpeticulturenetwork.com, uh, you can it'll be like the first one of the first posts you'll see at the top on the homepage there is that raffle. So check that out. Get in while you fit in. What are you smoking? What's that? So this is a um the good cigar company Rove. It's a Maduro Toro. Um but <clears throat> I went to go grab a Liga. I was like, man, I haven't smoked a Liga in like three months. I was like, let me smoke a friggin' Liga. Liga. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and I already cut this. And I guess I had cut it and I was going to smoke it and then something happened. I was like, oh, I'll just smoke it later and put it back in the box and forgot about it. <laughs> so it's like, all right, it's already cut. I might as well smoke it. So for those who want to see the band. Yeah, I'm not oh, familiar with those. Yeah, the Good Cigar Company, it, it's a smaller, um, it's a smaller company that basically... It's kind of like the cigar of the month kind of thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't subscribe, but I've had people give me them over the years. This one came out of one of those, like, gift box type things. Um, But it's cool because it's they have all different stuff, and the samplers are usually legit samplers in terms of a, a, a wide assortment of, of, yeah. of tobacco spectrum. And I've had this one for probably about a year. I'm just sitting there. and uh, But I cut it. I cut it, like, probably a month ago. So it's it's in good. It's good. Looks like a good size. Mm -hmm. You're not lit all the way, though. You're right. I'm not. <clears throat> yeah. So, raffle. Still slots left. Check it out. We're up to, I think, 650 bucks total Excellent. raised for uh, 
ASF. So it's very good. I would like to crack 700 if we can. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, updates. So my female Bairds that I paired. So if she's a Mexican type, I won't say she's Mexican for like for sure because I don't know the background info on her. Uh, she I paired with my larger hypo male Bairds. She laid a clutch. It was only what I say like seven eggs. Five of those are like really like water balloonish, like in terms of consistency and stuff okay. like that. I don't know if they're good or not. They're in the box. We'll see what happens. Two of them seem like your, your normal, like hardish shell, like thicker shell. Those two I have faith in the other ones. I'm not so sure. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Loma Alta girl, I think might be laying right now. She's been in her lay box uh, since I got home. She's buried in there deep, like covered. So I'm hoping when I wake up in the morning, I'll have some eggs from her. Um, I'm hoping it's a decent clutch too. I mean, she looks, she looks, she's full of eggs. She looks like she's, she's good to drop. So we'll good. see. Good. Uh, got a lock on the blood red pides, which was cool. Cause I'd been trying them, you know, not long after they came in and she wanted nothing to do with him. And then I walk in the other morning and they're locked up. So hopefully he got the job done. Um, yeah, so four clutches in the incubator. I actually pulled out. You saw the whole conversation about the Dion's eggs, I assume. I did not. I've been, dude, I've been out of it. I've been out of group chats. I haven't been on Instagram. I've been out of it. So I originally went through my book, Dr. Messenger's book, to look at incubation times because I read a lot of conflicting stuff. You know, like John talked about it last week, how, you know, two weeks later they hatch. Right. I read some of the more northern stuff. takes longer. So I went into that book and I had some papers on hand. I pulled those up and read through those to see exactly when I can sort of have a rough timeline of when I'll, I'll have hatchlings. And in that, I was looking at temperatures for incubation. And I had set my incubator to 84 because I had corn eggs and bear eggs. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, and so, a, so a solid temp. Yeah. I mean, it's like the happy medium. Like you don't right. want them to go above 90, but you know, you can do them a little warmer than 80. So yeah, they were at 84 for probably about a week. Um, and then I messaged, we were talking about it in the chat because there was a picture of some really nice melanistic Dion's and messenger's book that were Matt most snakes. And so of course, you know, I was like, Matt, you know, do you still have these? And he sure does. They're really cool looking snakes, but nice. Uh, while I was thinking about it, I was like, is 80? I originally thought I had set it to 82. I had it at 84. I said, is 82 too hot? And he said, yeah. So I was like, okay. So I pulled him out and I actually just put him in my room because you, I think ideally a better temperature is like 77 to 80. Okay. And so I was like, well, that's pretty much kind of where my room hovers most of the time anyway, especially now that it's warming up. It's getting right. hot down here. I don't know about down there, but oh, it's, boy, been it's, hot. Get, it's getting hot. Yeah, it was like 93 today. Yep. So... so. I pulled them out of the incubator, set it back to 82 and a half, I think. And then those are now just on a shelf, like on top of one of my racks. And I'm, I'm hoping, I'm thinking, Matt said at that temperature, like at 84, 82, like you'll just get smaller babies. So okay. I don't think I really jacked anything up. I'm hoping I didn't. So those are now out of the incubator and in the room and yeah, it's, I, it's also I don't worry because they get like, they turn like the egg get like translucent. 
before okay. they like they clear up before they they hatch so you can like see in them it's really okay. really odd it's such an odd species man yeah i don't worry too much about you know a week here or a couple days there of a higher temp because in the <clears throat> excuse me in the wild it's going to be it's going to fluctuate too you know what i mean you're going to yeah it's just the, the difference being is i doubt they 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 see 84 degree temperatures you know even buried in in a natural incubation yeah or whatever you want to call it so yeah um, i guess i did not pair my rhinos rhinos won't be ready until probably next year i've been trying to feed them get them get them going get them growing it's good man yeah uh, by Maculata, that's another one. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with those. The female's in a shed cycle right now. She should be shedding within the next day or so. She looks gravid, but I can't. Those aren't nearly as, I'm not going to say easy, but as straightforward as the Dion's. Like the Dion's, I put the male in. He was all about it. He was, he like knocked it out of the park. Good to go. Yeah. The by Maculata are a little different. Um, Still trying to sort of figure out exactly what that is, but it seems like maybe they have a season that's a little like they go a little later. Like the Dion's, you could probably breed whenever you wanted to. Um, the Bimaculata seem to be a little bit more nuanced. Sure. So we'll see if she's. I may put the male back in with her tonight because if she, if she sheds, uh, someone at one point was telling me, or I read it somewhere, I can't remember. Uh, like fresh sheds from females, especially with those elafe, like really gets them going. So, oh, I can imagine. We'll see. I like I said, I think she might be gravid. She's considered like those in comparison to the Dion's are smaller by a pretty decent margin. So, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but that pair, I mean, they came from Loafman and he said they're proven breeders. So, but it's it's odd because they're like half the size, at least the females half the size of the Dion's. Yeah. The male's a little smaller than the male Dion's, and that male Dion's, he's not very big either. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, time will tell, man. I mean, are you sure that they locked at all? The bimaculata? Yeah. I never saw anything. I, yeah. I, I'd see them curled up together periodically, but no actual, like, confirmed locks. Um, see, and that's, that's where I'm at. Like, the one, my fattest female gecko right now is the one that I never saw lock. So I don't know if she's just got some duds growing or if the man got the job done. I don't know. See, I mean, I I like to leave my males in sort of long term, like not just a couple days at a time, like leave him in there yeah. for a couple weeks or until I notice the female is like going into a shed and she looks gravid. So, right. I mean, that's the route I take. Like I never saw locks from my Loma Altas. If you know, if I hadn't had this girl who looked who's clearly going to drop and had a prelay and stuff. I would have thought nothing ever happened because they were never in the same yeah. place together at the same time. So uh, same with the, the hypo male and that other female, like I knew he was ready to go because that male is like constantly pacing and stuff this time of year. He's, he's like, he's ready. Um, that female wanted nothing to do with him too. So I was like, okay, you know, it's kind of like with the, with the thorn scrubs where like I've, I've had no signs of any interaction between them at all like no signs of interest like the male's not like doing the you know the herky jerky like none of that so i don't i don't know thorn scrubs i don't think are happening um did you as much as we love chris and trust him did you probe him 
No. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, you know people make mistakes. Uh, you know, and not Chris. Chris is an angel. I know Chris is an angel. Chris, angel. I know. But I'm just saying, sometimes, sometimes uh, one something may not appear the way it is. I don't know. I don't maybe I I hadn't bothered to double check. Because most of the animals that I've gotten from him and other people, it's like they are what they say they are, you know. Whatever. Yeah, no, I'm just, I just think of times that myself, Billy, Casey, maybe even you, where you've had something that you know probed female for five years, and then all of a sudden there's sperm plugs, you know, and you're like, wait a minute, what? The old switcheroo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's good that you got everything going. I was actually one of the things I was going to ask you is when I was setting up my uh, gecko lay boxes, I went out and bought new Gladware specifically for the task. And I tried a different shape this time. Um, I went a little wider and a little taller. Uh, and I was worried that they weren't going to climb inside. You know what I mean? I was really yeah. worried that it was going to be too much of a wall for them to go up on top of it or to get out of. Uh, I don't even. I don't worry about them getting out of it because I mean those things climb like crazy. Believe it okay. or not, um, they're always trying to get out the top of the tub. But I found poo on top of the, on top of it. So I was like, all right, if there's poop up up there, like they were clearly in there, right? You know? Right. So uh, fingers crossed as to go with that. But I was going to ask you is uh, since I've been having all these incubator worries, it's I th- it's either been a long time since we've talked about incubation media or if we ever have and i was going to pick your brain. i'm sure we've we've touched on it but yeah dedicated conversation yeah. and i was going to say is i don't know if you want to give you know your what you do for your animals and i'll do what i do for my animals and kind of give a, a back and forth on uh how we have our egg trays or tubs or whatever you want to call it Like the episode we had with John where I I had to ask him what he was using because I'm constantly searching for the perfect egg box. Like, I feel like I will never find this box. It exists somewhere. I don't know where. But I've got literally like four different shapes and styles of egg box in my incubator right now with eggs in them because that's just what I had. I'm sort of testing to see what happens. You know, I've got the Sistema boxes, which I've talked about. I like a lot and I've used. They are more expensive than a lot of other Tupperwares, but I think they're worth it. Uh, And then I have some stuff from like Dollar Tree because I love Dollar Tree. And it also... It, it completely depends on the species, too. So, like, the way I incubate corn eggs in terms of how I have that set up is going to be fairly different from how I have boiga eggs. Um, you know, stuff like the Ganyasoma, everything that I've read about those and, and incubation, which is, seems to be the sort of the hardest part about those in terms of getting offspring, is they need to be kept, like, they the eggs themselves need to be drier. They don't need to be touching wet media because they don't do well. Um, they get, you know, they have problems, so... For the corn eggs, I just have just a layer of spag, you know, that's not like sopping wet, but also not completely dry. It's it's fairly damp. Um, and you put the eggs right on the spag? I put the eggs right on the spag. Um, so I've done that for the 
Bears and Corns. Uh, for the because I I try to reuse. Let me go back. The egg boxes that I use for Boiga, they had a layer of aquatic plant soil, which I know I've talked about it before on THP because I used it for crested eggs and loved it. Uh, and then I have a piece of light diffuser over that. And then I would have a like a handful of spag on one end just to help sort of keep humidity higher without me having to add water to the egg boxes and stuff. And that's what I did with Boiga. So spag was on one end, eggs were on the other on the on the light diffuser. And I just set up the the Dion's eggs in that box pretty uh pretty similar. I just put a layer of spag over the light diffuser and the Dion's eggs are just in that. So Cool. It completely depends. I love that APS stuff. Uh, I have not tried it as far as like burying eggs in it like you typically would with like vermiculite. Uh, the reason I like it is because it holds moisture really well for a really long time. And when it dries out, you can tell it's dry because it's a completely different color. So it's a lot like terracotta. Yeah. Like, I guess you could say it's like a crushed sort of terracotta um sort of clay sort of material and so when it's wet like a terracotta pot you know it's a darker brown and then when it's dry it's that lighter reddish yes, terracotta it's definitely color. A, definitely a ceramic based uh media mm -hmm. yeah yeah so you can tell when it's drying out which was really handy with the crested eggs because you could tell which little because i used to have like a bead box like a four-tier bead box and I would literally put different clutches, like two clutches per per slot, and then I'd have that whole level would be one female. And so then, as they got closer to hatching, they'd move up. Like after a clutch would hatch, that clutch on the you know that was next would be on top. And they had tiny uh, little ventilation holes in the corners of each la uh, each layer. And then it was nice because I could just go through. It was clear, so I could just go through and look and tell what needed water, what didn't. And I didn't have to open it up, which is the other thing. Do you have, you have pictures of the bead boxes? Uh, let me look. Because that would be really cool to share that. I'm pretty sure I do. I just I got to find it. It's like way back on my Instagram. Let me look. Yeah, I always think it's it's interesting seeing how different people stack their incubator and the different containers that they use and the different media that they use. And I always found it interesting that like me, I can't, I have a really hard time holding humidity in, in incubation. Um, unless I just bookshelf it. If I bookshelf it, then I'm usually pretty good, but it's something that's in an actual incubator. I've always had bad luck. I don't know if it's my area. I don't know if it's what I'm doing, but, uh, it's, I always find it fascinating to see how people stack their tubs. If they use shelves, if they use light diffuser mm -hmm. and then how people can have different ecosystem animals, all the same, you know, 82, you right. know, and then certain, certain media for certain egg trays with different levels of humidity. But in the end of the day, it's all at like 81 or 82 or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of it's sort of like how we keep a lot of snakes, like the baseline for so many species of snakes is so very similar in terms of like temperatures and humidity and stuff. That there's it's a similar thing with with eggs, I think, to where as long as they have, you know, the right amount of humidity and that sort of stable temperature that seems to work for for so many species, like you're probably not going to have too many issues. You know, obviously, things like chondro eggs are going to be a little more delicate, boiga eggs, uh, ganyasoma eggs, 
things are like that. Good lord, I have to scroll back so far. We're talking like almost the beginning of my Instagram. It's sometimes it's easier just to scroll to the bottom and then work your way back up. That's what I'm trying to, but it scrolls down to a group and then it has to load the rest. And uh, okay, <clears throat> yeah, I've uh, I've always been a vermiculite guy. Uh, I, I hate vermiculite, man. It's just dude, it's it so works. fucking. Me- it is, but it, it works. It's messy, dude. It just of drives course. me crazy. It's like glitter. I can't get it off me. You're right, and you know all those little flecks that you see. There's properties of of asbestos in there. Yeah. That's yeah, another reason why I'm not a fan. I love it. It's great. Um, but I don't know if it's my way. Uh, my I don't know if it's from my years working in like the farm aspect and the wholesale aspect. But I mean, we would buy 50 or 80, 50 or 80 pound bags of vermiculite, giant burlap sacks of vermiculite. And I mean, you have, you know, 300 tortoise eggs or, you know, 200 colubrid eggs in one big tray you know don't even get me started on you know agamids and iguanas oh my god iguana eggs chameleon eggs jesus and we would just have copious amounts of vermiculite and it always worked like a million bucks as long as you hydrated it correctly and you wrung it out correctly and that was the thing and i remember uh the owner of underground ryan he would always anybody who wasn't savvy to like setting up vermiculite he would always say, here, c- c- touch, touch, squeeze this, squeeze it. And you'd be like, what? And like, you'd take a big clump of dirt and you'd squeeze it. And you'd go, no, squeeze it harder. And you'd squeeze it harder and you'd feel the moisture permeate and he would watch it. And he would be like, okay, now stop. And you would stop and he'd say, open your hand. And then with your other hand, he'd touch it. And you would, you would roll it around your hand and you'd feel the, the level of moisture. And I loved how he had learned that from just from doing it. Just so mm-hmm. many years and so many season after season after season of getting it just right. And he would say, okay, for, you know, Sokata tortoises, you know, you're going to do, you're going to do this much here. T- take the, take the little ball that I made and you touch this one. And, you know, you touch the little clump of dirt that he handed you. would be like, oh, okay. I feel the difference, you know? Um, and I've also think that I lean towards vermiculite more because I've had really, really bad luck with perlite where in my mind I was like, oh, it's this miracle media and I'll, I'll just add water and leave it alone and like i come back like weeks later and i'm like man these eggs haven't hatched and like it's just sand just dry as a bone you know so i think i'm i'm kind of uh damaged in that regard you know that's why i i i kind of stick to what i know you know very untrusting <laughs> very interesting but i'm also really eager to do like what you've done where you've explored the idea of trying not different media, but augmenting it by adding springtails to it or uh, adding sphag to it, you know, mm-hmm. or the light diffuser. Um, one thing I've really wanted to try was uh, in the case, I mean, like sphag is obviously antimicrobial, antifungal, um, but that doesn't mean that fungus isn't going to grow on the eggs. You know what I mean? You still got to be mindful of that, yeah. especially by me where it's, you know, a bazillion degrees humidity. But I really want to try using chlorohexidine as a hydration source whether uh, i know some people have used like hydrogen peroxide and they just let it sit for a little bit because it's pure pure water once it's broken down right yeah i remember you talked about doing that didn't you do that with one of the cyania 
Uh, I did it with some vermiculite. I don't remember if I ended up ditching it entirely or what. Okay. But... Yeah, because something I've wanted to try is doing wetting the sphag in chlorhexidine mm -hmm. because obviously the moisture will stay there and it's just it's just why use water when i could use a water-based liquid that is also antifungal so i don't know this is just thoughts i had in my mind you know and now that i'm probably gonna have to make some kind of half-ass incubator in the next week or week or two hopefully god god willing uh i haven't really decided what i'm gonna do so so here's sort of a picture of it. And so each one of these oh, trays awesome. is a female because she would lay an egg. And by the time she like another egg hatch, she had more waiting. So these all stacked on top of each other. And I, I don't you guys can see my mouse, right? Yeah. OK, so there's a little hole right here. Let me see if I can zoom in. I don't think I can. Uh, I drilled a small hole in each corner there. That's just some airflow. And then what was nice about these dividers, and I got this at like Michael's or something for anybody that's interested. Uh, this was slightly raised. So this wasn't flush. These dividers weren't flush with the bottom. So when I poured water in here, it would also sort of diffuse to the other ones if they were getting all a little drier. Um, and then what I would typically do was just take my mister if one seemed drier than the others, and I would just mist like water it down around the egg. And it okay. it worked pretty well. Let me see. Da, da, da. Oh, another little hack here. PVC caps. They're super soft, so they cut easily. Make little hides for cheap. Oh, nice. I may not. I know I did a video on it for sure. yeah just looking at our, our chat going right now um mike kasicki says he's team vermiculite now after years of using swag uh, victor lorano says uh he wants to try the the turface or turface however you say it from ryan mm -hmm. mcveigh um Dustin says uh, it worked really well so far. He just adds water and likes to wring it out like I mentioned, which is kudos to Dustin for knowing what's what. And uh, <laughs> uh, Joe Rosa says this year he's trying three different methods, but no vermiculite. So. Yeah, so here's a video. We all have our own way of doing it, you know. And if you go back way back on my Instagram, you can see this, but there's like each female's name. Oh, dude, that's and then smart. Man. That's smart. I'd have like if they got paired, I guess, to a different male, I can't exactly remember, then like I'd write down when they had or when they were laid. But I mean for geckos and stuff like that, it worked out really well, if, especially if you had a ton of them, because crested's produced like freaking crazy. Yeah. You know, it just worked out. And then as, uh, you know, as they would hatch, like as one one layer, like two eggs would hatch, a clutch would hatch, like it would go to the bottom because those following ones would probably be like a month out still. And then I'd have more on the top so I could see it. 
Now and, each uh, one of those tra- each one of those levels it can be separated, or are they drawers that slide in and out. No, no. So they're each clasped. Here, I'll go back to the video, and you can see it. Oh, uh, okay. I see yeah. the latch so, together. Yeah, so you kind of had to be careful because if you didn't latch the right ones and then you lifted it up, you would have a tray fall. I mean, I never had that happen, but yeah. So each one of these is just clasped to the top one, which, so, like I said, I, I lift from the bottom. The, yeah, so the you know the lid is is compatible with any of them. So that's great. Know, man. It was just a cool little tower sort of deal. But here, yeah, here's a good amazing. example. You can see what's wet and what's dry. Oh, okay. It's right good. here, that's dark stuff. That's wet APS, and this is dry APS. Dry, dry, dry. Wet, wet. Nice. Mike Kosicki says that he found vermiculite is much more consistent in holding the proper moisture. He also used dry vermiculite last year to suck out moisture from eggs that were laid in a water bowl. That's fantastic. I didn't even think of that. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty awesome. Now the question is, Mike, did you uh, once you noticed that they had uh, de-swelled, if you will, did you put them on the correct humidity level on the vermiculite, or did you just left them the way they were? So, <laughs> Billy Jenkins says the Tower of Power. Yeah, and I, it's also cool that you could do that because you don't need an incubator, you know. Like that's yeah, super cool because yeah. you're just shelving them, you know. <clears throat> Vic Lorano says better than dry rice. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised people haven't put their, you know, I dropped my cell phone in a puddle. Instead of putting it in rice, put it in some vermiculite. It'll suck it right out. This is so the female that gave me her second clutch, and my her first clutch was last year. This is her when she was tiny. Nice. That's Lady Island. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. that's like the original female. Uh, and it's funny because looking at these now, like her offspring were fairly similar. With like it started out with sort of that higher orange between the saddles, but then a fading to more of like a silverish, brownish amalgamation. Very cool. See, this is something I wanted to do with snakes, like holdbacks. So like this was a graph. I'd weigh all the crested babies, and you can tell right here is the point where they started taking dubia. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So once they started eating, like this was just Pangea. And then once they got on roaches, and like that's their growth over the course of, what is that, like a month? Like it's it's wild seeing. And this is just on the spreadsheet. Like you just do this in Excel or, uh, you know, Google Sheets, whatever. Yeah. Put in your weights and your dates, and then you have it formulate a graph. And like this is the case of all the cresteds that I had that ate dubia. Like they all just took off like that. Like the the growth rate was just insane. When you that's awesome. Yeah. That's really just awesome. Weigh them on a scale, you know, a standard scale, and yeah. Very Man. cool. I haven't. Dude, been you had a lot of geckos, bro. I did, man. I went. I, I, whew, I went crazy. That How many did you have? They're most at once. Uh, I think it was somewhere between sixty and like eighty. Jesus. I think, and that was a ton of babies, though. Still, man, it's a lot of mouths. 
They were fun. I mean, I'd like I to enjoyed them. to have that many one day with, with knobs, but you know, obviously knobtails are nowhere near as prolific as Cresties. So yeah. Oh man. Yeah, so this is that was some adults and like grow outs and stuff, and that was long before it really exploded. Yeah, that was before you had a wife and child. <laughs> oh yes. This was yeah long before that. This is the first pair of beards I ever got. I still have these two. This is the female that I, I actually paired to that uh that hypo male. Oh cool. So, so tiny, man. Where'd you get them? Uh Charleston Repticon. Like I said, they were sold to me as Mexicans. Hundred bucks a pair. You won't see that anymore. Yeah, right. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I mean, I didn't know any better whether they were or were not Mexicans. Like I said, the male fits the bill in terms of phenotype, but because I don't have any sort of confirmed, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't pedigree. Know sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's cool. But yeah, I saw that Camacho in there. Yeah, man. Here's more more of these graphs, dude. I mean, look at that. Had a weird little dip right there. And that's grams. See, this is, you know, zero through nine grams. And we're talking jumping from, what is that, like three to eight in a matter of, what is that, three months? Now, is that one gecko or is that all of them? No, that's one gecko. Like, I had all of them. So, what's that one little dip? I had a million of them. I'm not sure. That one, this one, I'm thinking it might have been one that was it would take roaches sometimes and then sometimes it wouldn't. Okay. Cause I found like with babies, I couldn't just give them, throw some tiny dubia in a cup and expect them to eat them. Like you had to like cut the dubia open, squeeze a little bit of the, the juices or jelly out of it onto their right. nose so that they lick it off. And then it was like, yeah. as soon as they tasted it, then they'd grab it and they'd eat it. And then you wouldn't have any problems. It was sure. That's actually, and it's, I, it's totally understandable to have, you know, peaks and valleys in a graph like that. Uh, completely right, understandable. A lot of them looked like this. where it was Yeah. Just- yeah. And I think that it's interesting you showed that last graph with that one dip of, and I was going to ask Dustin this, the same thing, is I've had geckos where obviously they gorge themselves as much as they can. And then for those who have certain carfidactylidae, uh, if they eat too much, they will regurgitate almost like an owl pellet. Um, and that's obviously a sign that you're feeding it too much because the gecko is going to eat as much as it can because it doesn't know what its next meal is. And then it realizes, holy crap, I ate way too much. But I've seen some of my uh, geckos, especially juveniles, they'll bulk up real quick and then they'll almost go off feed because they want to use up whatever fat reserves they have and kind of equal themselves out. You know what I mean? It's like it's like how we all gorge ourselves around Christmas time. And then we're like, oh, yeah. all right, you know, it's January time to time to cut back a little bit, you know? Hey, here's another one. Kind of an odd dip again. I mean, not much. Yeah, like that's we're talking a like steady stream, though. We're talking about the difference between like four point eight and five grams, maybe. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that could be a a, a big turd. It didn't drop. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. So these were some geckos that I got from. There was like this trailer park, and it had been abandoned, and it was like triple digits in that thing, and they had three geckos. And they they were all like really underweight. So this was 
you know, 26 grams when I got it. It was an adult. A month later, you know, we're up 10 grams almost. And I had, you know, three or four of those. That's I was interesting. Sort of tracking their weight as I was putting it back on them. Yeah, man. It's great to show it, man. It's great. I haven't and been down this far in a minute. D- Dustin says he hasn't seen that with his stuff, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I never saw that with any of mine. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something I forgot. Oh, and Dustin, have you seen them, you know, throw up the uh, the infamous gecko pellet? So feel free to comment. <laughs> this is another thing I did a lot, too, so I wasn't wasting uh, Pangea is I'd throw these cups in with my Dubia and they'd eat any of the excess. Like these things would be spotless. Like I could have really? reused them if I wanted to. And I wasn't because I mean Pangea is expensive. When you look at it and it's like sixteen dollars a pound, that's a lot that, that that in comparison to other similar things of like powders and stuff like that. Like that's expensive. So yeah, I would give this when it dried up to the Dubia and they would just go absolutely nuts over it. And then I could just recycle these cups because they were completely clean. Yeah, that's awesome. Like clean enough to eat out of. I'm not even joking. Like there was nothing left. Yeah, that's great. Dustin says he has not seen the pellet. Um, I regret. I've only seen it twice, and I regret not. It was on male levies, levies, um, two different ones, and uh, I regret not taking photos, man, for the archives because it was the craziest thing. I was like, "What the hell is that?" I thought it was like, you know, poorly or undigested feces, but it wasn't. There wasn't a speck of poo on it. It was literally like a. It was a gecko pellet. There was like a leg and a wing, and mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of creepy. So. This was the first pair I tried to put together. Well, I did. I did get babies out of them, but good-looking geckos, man. I was like, you know, I'm gonna take one from one end of the spectrum and one from the other end of the spectrum and see what happens. And the results were not great. Okay. So that male was a friggin' beast, dude. He was like, you couldn't trust him. Like you couldn't handle him without him grabbing on your hand and trying to get busy with it. <laughs> That's awesome. He was horrible. Like I, I hated that freaking gecko because I couldn't do anything without him freaking latching onto you. Yeah. How many frog butts do you have? You know, it's funny as you scroll through here. Like he came to me as as that. Right. Um. But like as you scroll through, I miss my regalis, man. Oh, dude! Look. I at that had butt. that thing. I had that when she could like fit on my thumbnail. Had that thing for like seven years. Traded her for that uh that Atrox that I had for a while. Wow, that's a hell of a trade. Yeah. <laughs> I had a buddy who had an extra one. He's like, "Hey man, you want to trade me the Regalas for an Atrox?" I was like, "Hell yeah!" Um, yeah. So I mean, over time, I had some drop their tails, and honestly, there was a few times where if they dropped tails, I fed up the corn snakes, ate the shit out of some drop tails. <laughs> nice. Waste not, want not, man. I was like, "Look, yeah. I can either throw this away or it can be a meal for something." And the corn, I think it was this corn in particular, you know, had no issues down in a gecko tail. So, yeah, man. And dude, like, I, I'll be honest, I'm not a crusty guy at all. And I usually don't go near them because I'm terrified that I'm going to be the one to make them drop their tail. But I think frog butts are freaking adorable, man. Yeah. I mean, it was always a bummer. Like, there was a couple that I had that were just spazzes. And, they would hold onto their tail forever, and then for whatever reason, you'd walk in one morning and like bump a tub or something, and they just freak the fuck out, drop their tail, and just start doing circles around the tub. And it's like, what? What the hell? Yeah, yeah, I get it. 
I do miss Gargs, kind of. I didn't know you had them. I had a yeah, I had some. I never bred them. Like I, I had a so I had a really nice pair, and then I had I borrowed a friend's uh, female. No, maybe I had two females, and she let me borrow her male, and I never got anything out of them. Like they never made anything happen. I don't know why, but I tried. I just had a you know I had a handful of small ones. Was that before Danny had hers? Uh, a lot of these came from so it's it's Amber who originally lived in Columbia upstate. She now lives down here in Beaufort. So I got a ton of my, my original animals that I was using for breeders came from Amber. Uh, and Danny had bought a bunch of geckos from her. And then when Danny kind of took a break from it, I got all those geckos, like bought them all and raised most of them up and bred some. Um, but yeah, pretty much. I mean, a, a very large majority of them came from, from Amber, her, her page was Night Owl Exotics. This was one of the super spazzy males. Wow, dude. Great color. Yeah, he was his structure was freaking awesome. Like nice diamond head. And he was just one of those ones where it's like he would just randomly freak out. Like you couldn't hold him. He would just he would take off. He would jump. He'd be gone. Crazy. But they were fun. This one ended up being a freaking phenomenal animal. You got grown-up picks? Uh, I might. I should. <laughs> That's going back a ways. This dude put in a lot of work when I had him too. He was from Pangea. Nice. I dropped some. I dropped some coin on that guy, man. It's cool, man. Very cool. This is that same animal. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really nice, like, tricolor. That's great. Um, What's that carpet that you just passed? So that was a pair of caramels that I had. Oh, nice. I got a deal on a pair, and then that was when I picked up my first Brettles, that female that, that Bill Bradley now has. That's her right there. Wow, dude. This is a long time ago, man. Look yes. at that. Yes, it was. And those, so actually, fun story, like funny thing is like these caramels, I ended up trading for the male bioc that I still have that produced the the clutch of chondros. Oh, nice. This is when she was so small. I miss. Oh my her. god, dude! So tiny. So tiny. They grow up so fast. They do. <laughs> little Everglades right ahead. Bill says she's done several birthday parties or she's she's done several birthdays since coming up there. So that's good. So this was a little jag that someone sent me. They were it had issues or something. It ended up dying. I think it had a like it for whatever reason. I don't even remember who I got it from, but they sent it to me. And it had like a broken back. Like I had my my vet buddy at the time who I was living with do x-rays on this snake. Because I was like, what the hell's going on? And it had literally, like its back was broken at one point. Don't know Damn. why, but it, I mean, it ended up not making it. But the guy was like, yeah, if you want it, you know, it's just kind of a trouble, trouble animal. And I don't know what the hell he was doing with it. But yeah, it was a really nice, really nice little carpet. I mean, it was tiny, tiny. Yeah. Well, wait, go back, go back, 
go back. What's that picture of you? What do we got going on there with no beard? me at the alligator farm. Oh, my God. No beard with an albino gator. Anybody who's listening to this in their car on their ride to work, you need to watch it on YouTube so you can see a mm. juvenile beardless Smitty with an albino gator. Yeah. <laughs> so I love how we started on incubation and it just morphed into. Well, that I mean that's it happens. It happens. But would you ever? You never found the uh, 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 picture of the uh, cynodon. Uh, with the moss and the light diffusion and everything? Oh, I didn't know I was looking for that picture. Oh, I may not have asked. Forgive me. Let's go back towards the top. Chondros. This is long before those, I think. There's some pictures of eggs themselves. So this you can kind of see. So I think this was the second clutch. And I'd put them on the spag just to keep them from rolling around a little bit. And I cut the eggs because their eggshells are stupid thick. Maybe that was the first clutch. This is when that clutch of corns hatched last year. Joe Rosa has some of these. This is when we were in Texas. Oh, Phil just up and left. A walk down Smitty Lane. Phil didn't even tell me he was going anywhere. I thought these came out sort of unusually dark. I could be completely wrong, but... I don't know. Go back. Let's see. That was the Baird's clutch. I think that one actually ended up dying after it came out of the egg for whatever reason. Uh, so this is a pair that I keep having. Like, I have yet to get anything from. I tried them late, late last year, just in a one-off to see if anything would happen. So the female right here, male right here, both. This is a like a Beaufort girl who's from over the bridge. And this is my Ladies Island male. Um, they're together right now. And I don't I don't know what the deal is. Like, they're not making anything happen. This is that same female. Wild caught as a tiny, tiny thing. Tiny baby. This is when I got those tesseras from or that honey tessera. From JT at Silent Hill Reptiles. I don't think I have any pictures of the actual. I'm sure I do on that article that I wrote about the cyana. Cyania. Cyania. Sure. Steve Poole, help. I've fallen and I can't get up. Look at how tiny they were. Oh my Dude. God. What's the date on that? It was October 21st, 2021. Oh, wow. They did grow a lot, man. Dude, the, fem like, the, the females like triple that. That's crazy. Ridiculous. Henrietta and Marv. 
Yeah. These are all fairly recent ish. So yeah, back to incubation. I think uh I think I'm gonna do vermiculite just as a precaution in case I wind up not having a real incubator. Um like underground has a ton of it, so I'm just gonna go buy some from them. But uh I I may soak it in chlorohex just in case because I'm neurotic and want to I try just it. my only thing with that is I wonder if that affects like the natural pH of things and if that has any effect on the on the eggs themselves too. Yeah, I just I think about the time that that I've had fungus growing on eggs and I've wiped it down with a rags or a paper towel soaked in vermiculite and there was definitely a bluish tinge soaked I mean, obviously in, soaked in chlorhex. Yeah. And uh, there's it, obviously I diluted it appropriately, parts per million, and so on and so forth. Um, but I've definitely like wiped it down with a soaked paper towel to like get the mo the mold off, and nothing happened in that regard. But you do have a point if it's completely saturated in in hex, that may be more permeation of some degree. Well, then you also, I mean, you also may be killing the good bacteria too. That's why I think, if anything, just some springtails in there to help combat mold. I mean, yeah, that could work. I so I've only tried the springtails with the cyania clutch, both of them, I think, and I don't, I didn't really have any eggs go bad during incubation for that. So I, it's hard to say whether the springtails actually curbed anything or not. That's something I do want to try more. It's just one of those things, kind of like the cutting of the mice. It's like it's an extra little step, like. Yeah, I didn't worry about the springtails chewing on the eggs or anything like that. Like isopods, maybe, um, but springtails I think might be a handy little thing to help keep just overall, you know, keep some of the the unwanted stuff at bay. Sure, I can see that. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, mm -hmm. gotta get friggin' eggs first. How about that? <laughs> so, oh man. Uh, another thing I wanted to touch base on was because the weather is getting warmer and people are starting to map out their herp trips. Some people have already started going herping in their area. Uh, do you have any seasonal, I don't want to say herp lists or like things you want to achieve at a certain point in the spring or is there a certain gradual transition of your herping where, you know, okay, it's May, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z because the other things won't be ready until June or vice versa? No, I, I mean, just because of my, my previous work schedule and stuff, like herping wasn't really a, an option. Um, I'd road cruise on my way home, and if, you know, if I saw something within that sort of travel, you know, that, that trip, then, you know, cool but um i know jake i don't know if jake's gone out lately because he you know with the whole move and everything like that but i know he's done a good bit of road cruising you know him and ben frame went out to one of the the wildlife management areas and saw a nice little cane break a couple months ago nice uh and jake and i every year i feel like we have this conversation where we're like yeah man let's you know i want to go road cruise this area and check this out and go look around here and then it just never happens um that may change now that I, you know, my schedule is going to be much more normal. Yeah, you're going to have uh, sunsets, bro. Yeah, and then I mean, like, 
Gron is saying, like gas prices, it's kind of hard to. Right now, it's oh, hard yeah. to justify because I mean, I usually only put like twenty bucks, ten bucks at a time, and that doesn't really get me as much as it used to. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, but I know Jake and I have talked about going out to, you know, little Edisto Trail area that me and Katie walked a couple month, couple months ago, and um. There's a you know, Bratz has some really nice little areas out out his way that are that are good. It's just a matter of now figuring out when we can do that, uh, you know, and making it happen. And then I do have some tin laying around on my parents' property, so usually on Sundays, I mean, me and Jake for the last two weeks have like live streamed them on Instagram as we're flipping some of the boards and stuff out there, and we never find anything. So, uh, how's uh how's Mount Mousemore? It has so there's the original one, which has now like been covered over with pine needles. Thank God, because the people brought there's someone brought that bought that property. Oh, really? So it's now you unless you're standing on it, you have no idea that it's even there. And so now it's been moved across the power line, like actually onto my parents' property because that property in particular that's been vacant since well before 2004, like when we moved when when my parents moved into the house that they're in now. So no one had ever bought that lot. No one had ever done anything with that lot. So. I was like, that's where we'll just start piling some stuff up. Now it's been bought and we've switched over to a different area. But I put a couple of small pieces of tin around that thinking this is going to be like a magnet because it smells like mice. It's a giant yeah. mouse pile. Nothing. Really? Never found anything under that tin. It's been okay. there for like over a year now. Have you checked it at two in the morning? No, I'm asleep at two in the morning. Come on, man. You're a herper. Not at two in the morning. I'm not. You take a you take a little you take a little post dinner siesta, you know, and then you wake up at like eleven. Drive over to your parents' house, say goodnight to them, go flip the tin, and call it a night. I'd rather hey. just wake up the next morning and check their pool skimmer box because there's usually some sort of goodies in that. It's mostly <laughs> toads, but hey, Billy Jenkins says it says it correctly. Won't find any if you don't look. Yeah, but if you do look and you never find any, then you're not going to find any regardless. So what's the point? <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I'm saying is, is, is you, just because you don't see anything during the day doesn't mean there's not some, you know, yellow rats or corns or something in there at night. You know, we find I find more snakes in the mouse shed, not even looking for them, than I do looking for them. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And no more copperheads. It's, it's almost always a yellow rat. I haven't seen no. I haven't seen any copperheads. I don't know. It would be nice to walk in there and there's a like a pristine corn just chilling. That would be great. But it's yeah. never corns. It's always yellow rats. I think it's the same yellow rat because there's this little like yearling sized one, maybe two year old, and he's the one that I posted the video of a while back that was in my grow out bin that had eaten. Like two of my my hoppers that were in that grow up bin and killed another one and never ate it, and so I released him with a full belly and all, and then came back like two weeks later, and I'm almost positive it's the same snake that did the same thing again, ate a mouse, killed another one, never ate it, just left the body. So, <sighs> grab some Applebee's. We don't eat Applebee's. This is a Chili's. This is a Chili's house. This is the house of Chili's. Dude, I think I, I think I chilled out Anna Maria. We had gone like a bunch because there's one right, right, literally 
rock throwing distance from her house. And uh, I can't remember what I said the other night. I was like, where do you want to go for dinner? She says, I don't know. And I was like, I gave her the look. I was like, <laughs> and she's no, no, we're not going there. I said, okay. She doesn't know what she's missing. Oh, she does. She does. No. See, that's the problem is you people that have a Chili's right there within arm's reach. You don't appreciate what you got because some of us don't have that luxury. Yeah, but dude, <clears throat> I'm stuck with a Longhorn Steakhouse. See, I like Longhorn. Longhorn's good. It's too rich for my blood. (laughs) I really do think that you guys should check it out at like midnight. Seriously. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I mean, do it on Friday night. Here's the thing. Here's the problem is Jake is convinced that 30 minutes after sundown, all the snakes go away. What? I don't know where he got this idea, but he says it all the time. He's like, yeah, man, that's like the best time to look. It's like 30 minutes before sunset, 30 minutes after sunset. After that, you're not going to find anything. I'm like, bullshit. That makes no sense at all. He's he's a strange he's a strange boy. That, that I'm like, no that's sense. crap. I was like, that's that's stupid. Yeah. I See, by me, depending on the habitat. I mean, like, obviously, I, a full moon is a different story. But. Yeah, full moon is a different story. New moon, very different story. Um, but by me, depending on the habitat, you have key species that are coming out at key times of the evening. You know what I mean? So, like, for example, if I hit the cane fields and I want to find pygmies, I need to be there 20, 30 minutes before the ball of the sun is below the horizon. Mm-hmm. Now, and just because the sun has officially set... That doesn't mean that it's dark. I, I still have 40 minutes to almost an hour of light. It's just it's just literally crepuscular twilight action. So if I can get there a half an hour before, I'll probably see a pygmy. But I'm not going to see a colubrid for at least 30, maybe 40 minutes after that ball has gone below the horizon. So uh, ribbons, garters. Water's usually first to come out. Waters will come out at twilight and then stay out until you know nine, ten o'clock. Um, but like king snakes, I won't find a king snake until maybe an hour to hour and a half after suns after dark, like full blown out dark. So um actually one of the it One made me laugh. Yeah. It was like, yeah, okay, then we spent, you know, we wasted our time driving from spot A to spot B in Texas and you know, until one AM if that was the case. It was like it just Yeah. I don't know where he got this idea from, but he's like he's, he tells me every time and I'm like, dude, there's no way that, that doesn't make any sense. Like that doesn't doesn't add up. But here's my thing though, that what I just said also applies to like we were saying in West Texas, is that we weren't gonna go look for Alterna at, at eight o'clock. You know what I mean? Look for alternate at 10, right? Or even later. So I don't know. I think it's definitely species specific. And you're not going to find, I don't, I just don't think you're going to find a corn snake under 10 at noon or, or even at eight, nine in the morning. It's going to be too hot by then, in my opinion. I don't know. Hmm. We do have barbecue here, just so you know. But we don't have a Chili's. I found rubber bow at 3 a.m. after cruising four of them all night after 10. So, yeah. 
But again, it's all species specific. It's it's habitat specific. You know? Everyone should just message Bratz and be like, "Dude, you're full of shit." Be like Bratz, here's you're just, you're just the, lazy. The snakes don't have a bedtime. <laughs> the street lights aren't on. They don't have to go home. That's kind of funny. But I will say this: Bratz has found copious amounts of cane breaks, and I've never found one. So. Don't let him fool you with that shit. Has Bratz found a, a coral? Was, that was all luck. What do you mean had luck? No, it had nothing to do with him saying, I'm going to go find a cane break and then finding a cane break. Mm. Okay. I see your point. The right place, right time, as with anything. Well, but I he have... has not seen corals. To my knowledge, he has not seen a coral. Okay. Well, I... Uh, so... Yesterday, I was at Anna Maria's, and her one of her family members asked me about cottonmouths because I mean they're not animal people at all. You know what I mean? And uh, they chase you. Well, that was the thing is that he was asking me from a he he's a pro animal. He's he's an animal lover. Uh, he gets snakes in his yard. He doesn't kill them. He shoes them off. You know, um, and I commend him for that. He's he's a stand up fella. Uh, but his question was, you know, is it really true about the whole chasing thing? Because it just didn't seem it just didn't seem logical to him. You know what I mean? And uh, he hasn't had one at his property. But, you know, he heard from other people. Oh, I had a cotton mouth in my yard, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, they don't chase you. And I gave him the whole rundown, an abridged version. But I got to thinking, I was like, man, I haven't seen a cotton mouth in a good while. And then, ironically, my cousin uh, called me this morning and he's like, hey, my stepdaughter's flying in for the week. She's never been in the Everglades. Like, we got to go. So tomorrow night, we're all going to go, and I'm going to hit up one of the Cottonmouth spots, and I'm hoping I'm hoping to find one because it, it, I, I got the bug now, you know? I, I've been going through withdrawals. He's that swamp lion. I need that swamp lion. That swamp lion. You know what is a good sort of indicator of when snake season is picking up? And I know I've mentioned it before, but if you have like a, a local or regional snake identification group, there's okay. one for South Carolina. And like I've watched it go from like very few posts in like early spring, late winter to like every day. There's like yeah a lot. And I'm seeing all these really nice corns and stuff. And these people don't post where they are. Like, you don't know what county they're in or, like, what part of the state. And it just kills me because some of them, I'm like, oh, my God, look at that thing. And, like, of course, I sent it to, like, the group and stuff. I'm like, Kasiki's like, yeah, oh, whatever. It's corn. I was like, no, man, you don't understand. Look at this one. It's silver with orange saddles. And he's like, That's yeah, pretty whatever. cool, man. That's pretty cool. I, 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 I doubt that Mike actually said that like that. It was something along those lines. You, so you like, heard that I was tone. Like, I'm going to take, take this to someone who appreciates it. Yeah, Mike says, "Man, that's really cool." And then you read it as, "Yeah, really cool." No, he's his words were, "I'm, I'm like ninety percent sure his words were, yeah, it's nothing special." Oh, like send him, not, send him the link right now. Let's get him on here. I don't Mike, know. You're, I don't Mike, know you're coming on. Can. Oh, he will. Mike Kasiki. Mike, I know you're listening. Come on down. Come on, come on down. Cane breaker bust. <laughs> Billy Jenkins cane breaker bust. Hashtag cane breaker bust. Well, to be brutally honest, I've only herped in cane break territory twice, and both times was on a whim. And one time we got completely skunked wholeheartedly, 
And the second time was the only thing we found was a, uh, a waffled juvenile. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Control tricks. Uh, Copperhead. Excuse me. Wow. Someone did post uh, a big timber that was on like their front porch in that ID group the other day. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, that thing looked like a freaking beast. And it was I, I just remember like. They just said they're like, it just showed up. I don't know what, like, why is it on my porch? It's just here. And it was just curled up, like, right there. Like, it was a diesel timber, man. Nice. Where and was then you it? see people post cane breaks and stuff, and it's like, fuck. Like, and it's where, always where? the people that you that don't want to see these things. Of course. Of course. Of course. I don't know. They didn't post their location either. It was definitely somewhere upstate because it was a, like a, a timber timber. It wasn't. Yeah. Atricodatus, yeah. which, is, which is a thing. I concur. I concur. I mean, I don't know if I'll accept. I don't know and if I'll that. Taxonomy use, can go to hell. I don't know if I'll use atricodatus. There are atricodatus in our hearts. They are, 100%. 100%. And our souls. And Mike and Sicky, don't play like you don't know what we're talking about. Did you send him the link or no? I didn't. Oh, well, I'll send I don't know if... Okay. I'm going to send it to him. Okay. If he, if he can get in, great. All right. Show me some of them high white horns that I got the offspring from. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. French fried taters. You got any biscuits and mustard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's probably in bed or something. He's not. What's the word for the people? I'm not. Uh... I can't remember. Damn. Mike, I sent it to you on Instagram. Click the link. <laughs> I've only been able to catch DORs. Yeah, those are the easiest ones to get. They don't run away. Yeah. And Mike, make sure you're wearing pants because it is a live video chat. I love how you just peer pressured him into doing this. I did. It's fine. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for the season. Um, I'm not excited about gas prices like like Dustin said, but uh I'm I'm going to try to not do so much driving and do some more foot stuff this year just because I I've done a lot of road cruising man I've done a lot of road cruising and I'm wondering if I need to I, I mean just get kind of not get back to nature but I used to do a lot of hunting let me rephrase that I used to do a lot of arm nature walks if that makes any sense <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh I kind of I, I I kind of fell out of hunting. I mean, I, I still love it. I still consider myself an outdoorsman, but the appeal of the herping is greater than the hunt right now. If that makes sense, I don't know. Oh, it's just man, it's it's freaking miserable this time of year when it's like stupid hot and muggy and the, like the mosquitoes are out in freaking droves and the sand gnats are just like in your eyeballs. And that, like, that's that like when we were in Texas, like that was awesome. Cause it was so, it was like breezy borderline windy. Yeah. Oh, know, yeah. The nights were bearable. Like here it's, it's, it's a swamp baby. Fucking miserable. Yep. I don't enjoy it. That's why I'd rather road cruise. You know, gas prices be damned, but yeah, I just remember like as a as a a kid, and I mean, this was probably like 
2006 or seven, like me and one of the neighborhood, other neighborhood kids that I used to hang out with, we were walking around the woods and we found a baby copperhead and like I bagged it and, and stuff. And I just remember the gnats just being in my eyes so much that it just, it was, it was like something out of freaking green inferno. Like they were just covered and it was like, I'm trying to like bag this damn thing. Meanwhile, I'm like being blinded, you know, and it just, I just remember that very distinctly. And I'm like, this, this sucks. Like, this is why I don't go do this shit this time of year. Like I'll do it when it starts to warm up and I'll do it when it starts to cool down. But it's like those warm months, man, forget about it. Like I'm, I'm too fat. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll admit it. <gasps> There's a Turkish gecko in my garage. They live. Is that your first one of the season? I've never seen one. I mean, I had the ones in here and then they disappeared, but I didn't think any of them See, lived. Look, you're herping already. There's one right behind my Oliva sign. <laughs> Oh, man. Steve Poole says we need more live herping. So, Steve, I, first of all, I love, I love you. <laughs> Walking around the woods with a beekeeper's net. They do in Australia, man. They do in Australia with the flies. So, Steve Poole, you're a champion, and I love you. Um, I, I've tried to do the live herping so many times, and every time the camera's rolling, there's nothing out. And the minute I hang up or I lose cell service or reception, that's when we find stuff. So kind of yeah. getting up there with the same reason why we don't let Casey Cannon drink while he's on the show. But similar. Very it just similar. Ends up being fairly disastrous. Yeah, it can be. It can be. Mike said he's literally eating right now. <laughs> Probably some of those forbidden wings too. What's that? Forbidden wings. <laughs> Yeah, what's a forbidden? He's wing? like he, he he's been eating wings and stuff, and then he now he can't or he's not supposed to. But he's he sent us a picture. You weren't there. I was. He sent there. us a picture in the group chat. It was literally like a single wing. He's like, I just got it from the store. It's like a big styrofoam container. It's just a single wing. He's like, I'm treating myself. <laughs> oh, poor Mike. Oh, oh man. The doctor said I'm not supposed to eat anymore, but screw him, man. I got a wing. It's just a lonely wing. <laughs> Oh, that's a lonely stinks. flat. Oh, flat. Oh, I don't know how, mess, dude. Dude, I was. I knew you were flat. Guy. I'm a flat no, man. Man, drumsticks for life. No. Oh, I gotta work for a flat. Flat. No. Flats are where it's at. Oh no, it's a waste, dude. I like a drumstick, one-handed, and keep the other hand clean for doing whatever I need to do. Napkin, phone, whatever. No. Two hands, two hands and a wing. Come on. And fighting words. I want to see this gecko come back out. This is what our show has become. Flat gang. Thank you, Dustin. Oh, God. Just a little something to take the edge off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Billy Jenkins. Billy Jenkins. Billy Jenkins. Billy Jenkins better be in Daytona. Drumsticks, yeah, you're dead to me. Man. Drumsticks. But what are you gonna do about the incubator thing? Are you gonna get a hubabator? Are you gonna like build one? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna take the back off that one, blow it out. I'll if check it the, ends up not working though, like if it ends up not working, honestly, it, I don't even know if I'm gonna get eggs. But don't uh, be Jake. Don't be Jake. I won't be Jake because Jake had that issue. He I know. I, I don't know. have an incubator, man. Can I put him in yours? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to be that space, guy. Though. 
whatever. Plus, I don't have I don't know anyone around here that has one that I could be like, here, hold these for me. I'm gonna fucking call Manny and Tiki, be like, here, hold my knob tail legs now. Could you? I mean, what do you incubate those at? Like, could I'm gonna those, I was gonna put them at 82, right? No, nah, no, nah, I would do 82. Okay. Um, I put it to 84 just to see what would happen, you know. Um, and I left it for three weeks, and dude, it held perfect for three weeks, and then just I came home and it said 72. I was like, 72. Yeah, what I the think hell? the heating element went out on it. Yeah, it may have. Something that makes sense because if it's the same temperatures like the room, then and it's on, then clearly the the heat, whatever's supposed to be heating it up, isn't yeah. isn't heating it up. So, so I have two drawers in a sea serpent's rack that have geckos in them. Oh, okay. And and with no substrate the hot spot is is exactly like 84 85. Yeah. So I may just that. I may just turn it down a little bit and then I figure if I turn it down 1 or 2 degrees and then they'll have the the cup with this with the media and then the egg tray I think I think that might work. So I'll just want it doing that. So yeah, I mean, you could even go as far as to like put a drill a hole big enough to fit a just just fit a probe in like perfectly to where there's no yeah. like space around it, and then keep it yeah. in there and you know be able to yeah, well, see well, what's or what going I was in the box itself. What I was even thinking about doing is uh, taking the probe for that rack and putting that in the egg tub. You know what I mean? Because if it well, that alters... would be interesting because as it gets closer to that that late term, it's going to start generating some heat. That's true, but again, it's not going to generate enough heat that's going to affect the adults at all. They're not right, care. but you would still yeah. see like at least some. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. some yeah. I thought about taking the deli cup and then cutting a notch in the rim, mm-hmm. right? So I could just put the probe in, close yeah. the lid, and then have the wire just yeah. I that's thought about what I did that. for all the cords in the uh, the Aki cage. I took my soldering iron and just made notches in the, the lining of the tub and the lid so that the lid that just drop in. Yeah, that's cool. That's what I did uh, when I when I first got knobtails. I was all neurotic about humidity levels, and uh, I went out and bought like an idiot. I bought like <laughs> twelve of those Exoterra digital hygrometers, mm-hmm. and I stuck one on the front of every single tub, and then wired it all through with like and did the little U notch. And uh, after like a year, I was like, "What the hell am I doing? <laughs> Desert lizards? What the hell am I doing with this?" Uh, Vic asked, do you have a large star from cooler, a strip of heat tape, empty water bottles, and a thermostat? <laughs> yes, Vic. I, I Ironically, I do have all that, but I would probably just buy a Hofabater if I was really concerned. So, but yeah, it's a good point. Good point. That is so. something, too. So mine is a wine cooler that has a glass door, mm-hmm. and I purposefully get see-through containers, and I have a flashlight so I can check on things without having to open the chamber itself or the egg boxes to see what's going on. I mean, I will open them up, you know, once a week or whatever. So there's, you know, some air circulation, some fresh oxygen. Um, and that just makes life a lot easier. Like I don't have to dig through everything. I can just do my little check with the light and yeah. cool. Everything's still kicking. So I yeah. highly recommend if you end up doing like going the wine cooler route, finding one with a, with a glass glass front. Well, and that's the incubator I have now is glass front. I'm really hoping that I'm really hoping that it's something easily fixed because, dude, I I hate opening things. I hate opening incubator in Florida, man. It's just so, especially down by me, dude, so many horror stories from friends, man. I mean, I got lucky over the years that I never had. I never had an issue. I mean, shy of like some fuzzy mold on some monocle cobra eggs that I wiped off 
Uh, I've had some fuzzy mold on some uh, calisalesma eggs that I wiped off. But like other than that, like that was it. I've had other friends that lost entire clutches of Gila's, entire clutches of beaded's. So I don't know. Just because they opened it and some sort of spores or something got in there? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, basically is they opened it too much. Instead of opening it like three times or Mm -hmm. maybe three times during that, you know, incubation period, they opened it like every other day. They're like, how they doing? How they doing? How they doing? And it's just letting in invisible spores. Well, I mean, even then, like, you really don't even have to open the egg boxes for the first like half of incubation it's not until they get that later term where the oxygen exchange you know amps up and they do need some fresher air to to be coming in uh you know so yeah i mean to open them up constantly for the first you know two or three weeks or you know month or whatever is like yeah not really needed unless it's something i guess that is a more sensitive egg that could probably appreciate some of that i don't i don't know but well i I definitely told myself that i'm going to every at least every 10 days, two weeks, I need to check things because I've been the bonehead who had, who was incubating infertile eggs. I've been that guy. And I've also been the guy that was like, Oh, that substrate's perfectly fine. That media is perfectly fine. Meanwhile, it's dry as a bone. Like we talked about earlier. So that reminds me, I need to charge my egg candler. Did I ever show you the egg candle I got for Christmas? You did, but you should whip it out again, sir. Metaphorically speaking. All right. Let me see. Ooh, I'm glad I didn't click Amazon on the, on the tab with the with the stream. That would have sucked. <laughs> Amazon. Oh, the Smitty wish list. Yeah, I gotta I I have shared my wish list with Anna Maria, my brother, and my mom so that like for the holidays, like people, you know, you just buy whatever's on the list, you know, if you mm-hmm. don't know what to buy someone. And then I like go to add something obscure and I'm like, no, because they're gonna see that and they're gonna be like, he wants that. And like meanwhile, everything on the list is like two hundred dollar edition chimera books. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> just put it. those on there. It's like I don't expect you guys to get these for me, yeah. but if you're feeling particularly generous yeah so it's one of these guys nice it's a laser pointer circa 2001 it's freaking bright as shit like you don't even have to be in a dark room come on picture change damn it what happened i don't know this thing isn't doing what i want it to bezos leaves and here's what we get (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah so this is it off and this is it on in case anyone was wondering <laughs> you know what bothers me about that the on picture is that they did a black background they should have done a white background so you could really see what it looks like do not test the eggs while charging don't charge over 3.5 hours so i mean for 20 bucks I think they're pretty nifty. It comes with these little, you put these on the top there and you can, you know, it focuses the light, which makes it a lot easier. Like that's my biggest issue with trying to candle with just regular flashlights is a lot of them now have convex lenses on the front to really amplify that led light. And so it makes it very hard to get it in contact with the egg itself. This just takes that beam and focuses it into the egg. So you can actually see a little bit better. This I mine doesn't have this. Mine only has the, the little phallic tip 
ideally, though, if I was going to get another one, I would get one that just takes like double A's or something and isn't rechargeable because mine didn't seem like mine. I would, I didn't even use mine, but maybe once or twice so far, and the battery just died while I wasn't even using it. So, ah, okay. Made in China crap. Or you can get this one that's shaped like a little baby chicken hatching out of an egg. You know what I think is crazy is the term candling because they used to use an actual candle. Did they really? Yeah, that's where the term comes. See, this they is used to use an weird. actual candle. A little tiny. Is this like a small one? Inky bright. Little, little pocket and it's 21% one. off right now. See, that's cool. Like that. Yeah, if you were if you were someone who had, you know, an entire room full of eggs and you had to go through hundreds of eggs, that'd be great. Just kind of like put in your watch pocket, you know? Mm-hmm. I might grab one of those to just do a review for the website. Yeah. Yeah. So all these like style ones, I think, are all just rechargeable. I don't think there's an option for. for <laughs> Billy else. Jenkins says not a whole 21 <laughs> percent. That's, I mean, that's actually a pretty big yeah. discount, man. So, actually, this one isn't that small because it takes three AAAs. So, it's probably relatively normal sized. I don't know. Incubatorwarehouse.com. Yeah, I forget that, like, we're the niche market and it's primarily, you know, poultry people. Those nerds. Everyone and their mother has a chicken. I love reading the bad reviews because it's almost always someone who just doesn't know how to operate it. Yeah, it's someone who's, you know, bitching just to bitch. My box had a cut in it. My box had a dent. See, a this guy's not bright enough. I mean, if you're standing outside in the middle of the day at high noon and trying to candle an egg in the desert, then, yeah, you're probably not going to see anything. But in a normal room, that thing's plenty bright. People are dumb. Plain and yep. simple. Humans. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Do you think so? If you, it's an exoteric incubator that you have, right? Yeah. You think if you emailed them and were like, hey, can you tell me why this thing, like, is there a replacement part you guys can send me? Well, that's that's why I kind of wanted to open it, because if, like, there's just a bunch of, like, dog dander in there, you know, I'll feel kind of stupid. Um, so I'm definitely going to open the back and, and go from there. Uh, I unplugged it, turned it off, gave it 24 hours, plugged it back in, turned it back on, and it's still it's sticking at, like, 69. So I think you're right. I think the heating element may have taken a shit. Just because I mean, either the, that or the actual thermostat itself. It, it very, very well may have. I don't know. That's the only two things that would that would make sense. To me. <clears throat> yeah, because I, I when I first got the thing, uh, I had asked friends, you know, who may have had it locally, and Manny said he had one, and he said it worked great for like two seasons, and then it just died. He says his wouldn't even like turn on, so yeah. he just threw it away. Um, and then I heard from another friend. Uh, that it fluctuated too much. It would spike at like 89 and go down to like 76 mm -hmm. and then would spike to like 84 and then go back down to 78. And obviously we don't, we don't want any of that either. So, but mine's always worked perfectly fine. So, and then I got it from uh, the manager of underground uh, mm -hmm. Tim and uh, he did like 
three or four seasons of ball pythons and and I don't even know what else he put in there. But I think blood python eggs at one point he put in there. So I just, and he's a, see, I don't a know small if, incubator. I was gonna say it's hard to get an idea of like exactly how big they are. Because I mean I can't imagine you'd be able to put like more than like what three shoe boxes in there. Oh, not even. Like no, six quart. Yeah, if you if you took the shelves out, I think there's two shelves. If you took the shelves out, you could probably get three, yeah, three six quarts, maybe. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like see that's the the nice thing about going the homemade route with the, the wine cooler. Um, okay. Is that thing, I mean, A, the insulation on it is pretty heavy duty because it is a, like a cooler. And then I can run that, that herb stat year round, even if I don't have eggs in it, which I last year I turned it off in the off season because there's no point in running it. Yeah. But like I can run that thing and it stays like I, I've govied it before and it was like spot on with the, with the thermostat. Okay. And it's got a computer fan inside of it that just circulates the air and stuff. And then it's got water bottles to, as a heat sink. And I mean, if you're willing to put in the work and, and like convert it, basically it's, it's worthwhile. And if you go to like a local appliance store or a repair shop or something, half the time they're going to have wine coolers in the back that just aren't operational that they just want gone because that's the problem with a lot of like appliances, especially refrigerators and stuff is most of the time it's cheaper just to buy a new one than to get the parts to fix one. So these people bring in these wine coolers wanting to get it fixed. They're like, yeah, it's going to be the same price as a new one. People say, okay, well I'm going to get a new one here, take this. And then it just sits in the back and collects dust. So if you, if you call around to your local, local appliance repair, local appliance store, um, and ask if they have any wine coolers that are just broken, like aren't using, like they're not See, that's, operational. And that's you just my take problem. out you take out all the cooling stuff from the bottom, like the you know, the compressor and stuff, just remove that. And it's it's lightweight after that because it's just styrofoam and and you know, metal and plastic. Uh and there you go. I mean, most of the time they'd be happy for you to take it out of their warehouse because it's just taking up space. And see, that that's what I was gonna get is that by me, we don't have we we barely have hardware stores, let alone a handyman store. Like there's no yeah. handyman, you know what I mean? It's Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, Brandsmart, um, and and Amazon, man. That that's mm-hmm. it. I don't have like you know the old timely cobbler. You know, no, you you go to Walmart or you go to Target. Well, or I'm not living to, in Diagon Alley, motherfucker. You know what I mean? But yeah, the the old the old timely uh, uh, handyman shop. That does not exist by me, unfortunately. So then check Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Well, and what's the what is the the deli cup that we always get baby neonates in? What size is that? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? The, the tiny little deli cups that we always get babies in. I don't remember. But you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Okay. So I can stack five, six, seven, eight, maybe nine of those in there with no shelves. That's how big the incubator is. So I mean, or I just say, screw it, and I call up Chris and buy a sea serpents, you know, which I, I don't want to do because space is an issue and money and everything else. But if it's going to be an investment, who knows? So Jake got one a while back and he says it's, he likes it. Yeah, so. dude, Billy and Casey have an army of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone I know. Billy, no, Billy has like that friggin'. I know. You've seen Billy's. It's like that. Giant. I brought it to him. 
<laughs> I brought it to him in the backseat of my car. <laughs> so I'm talking about he had like a like an old Coke fridge or something. So he has that? no. So he has the old Coke fridge or, okay. or whatever wine yeah, refrigerator. Yeah. He has that. And then uh, I went over to Tampa with him and Casey, and we went and picked up a uh, uh, a the biggest sea serpents that he makes from uh, Pinellas. Uh, wow, I'm, my brain is shutting down. Sorry, uh, from Pinellas Herp. We at the Tampa show and we put mm -hmm. it in Billy's truck bed and drove it from the show to his house. And then we all schlepped it inside. So, yeah. What I was thinking of in my backseat was I brought him uh, two neonate racks from Chris uh -oh. yeah. that I drove from Pompano to Tampa. So, <clears throat> yeah, man, dude. Awesome incubators. Awesome. That's what Underground uses too, man. And like, they've got like twelve sure of they them. They have a million of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I think realistically, I think they have like at least ten or eleven of them, at least. Mm -hmm. So, for a while, uh, the they were doing some construction and they put one, two, three, four. They had five of them in the venomous room, and we moved all the vision cages around and everything. And that was oof, it was tight in there. But those those incubators are awesome. Can't speak highly enough about them. So, tis the season. Yes. At some point, I gotta sort of rearrange mine because mine has shelves too that like came with it, and I need to figure out a way to move things around so I can fit some more boxes in there next year. We shall see. I gotta figure out where the hell I'm gonna put all these babies. Yeah, that's um I got another hatchling rack at my parents' house. But yeah. You may have to do the uh the old deli cup stack. That's where it seems to be headed. We'll see. Yeah. Deli cup stack, keep them for a month or two, and then ship them out. That's why like if the thorn scrubs don't go, you know, I'm like, cool, no big deal. Yeah. Got plenty of other things to occupy my time. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully another clutch of beards. That'll be good. That'll be good. I hate bothering her, but at the same time, she's buried herself, and I can't tell if she's like late or not, so I have to go in there very carefully. And like the tubs I got for lay boxes, I found these ones at Dollar Tree that snap on, and the lids snap on like tight, like it takes two hands to get the lids off. And so now I feel bad. Cause like when I have to go in there and look, I have to like try to be gentle about it. And then it almost always ends up not being gentle. And I don't know. Well, have you thought about getting one of those, um, cell phone endoscopes? No. So they sell these, it's an endoscope with built in led lights. It's like, a. I don't know, 10 megapixel camera, whatever the hell, however many megapixels is a cell phone camera. And uh, it's rigid for the first like 12 or 16 inches. And then it goes to a wire cord and it's meant for you to like stick up inside your wall to like look for a leak. Do your or, own like, colonoscopy. Do, do, your own, do your own colonoscopy, whatever you want to do. But it, it's USB and it just plugs into a laptop or an iPad or something. 
and uh, they're cheap. They're like 40 bucks. Um, Looking on Amazon right now. I've actually I thought about doing that and then literally just like sliding it, shimmying it in there, taking a look Eight. around. Cheapest one is 19 bucks. There you go. I don't know if it has a light, though. Oh, if it, if it didn't have a built-in LED, then that's a waste of money. It better have a built-in LED. Or what? Well, because like the whole point is for like electricians and carpenters and you know contractor dudes and gals to fish the thing up the wall so they could see you know where a leak is or insulation or whatever. So, dude, I want one of those temp guns, but instead of it being like the gun, it has the thermal image. Oh, really, dude? The freaking data you could get from that, especially with pythons and stuff doing maternal incubation. Yeah, and like yeah. egg boxes alone, and like well, your dude, caging, for- and what is like odd hotspots, maybe or things that are. So for two hundred bucks, you can buy the Fleer cell phone battery pack, and what it does is you take your your iPhone or your Android or whatever, and you attach it to this very thin battery pack that is basically like a phone case. Mm-hmm. And your phone screen is the is the is the screen of the thermal imaging camera. It's two hundred bucks. It's FLIR. And like, dude, that's what electricians use. Oh, like, to this, see hot spots. This nineteen dollar one does have lights on it. There you go. But yeah, type in FLIR cell phone camera and dude, hundred percent. F L E E R. Uh F L I R. And there's other <clears throat> there's other cheaper thermal out there, but FLIR is the commercial standard, I'll say. Oh, yeah. I've seen these. You throw it yeah, because, I mean, the ones that are like the gun, those are 322 bucks. Yeah. And, I mean, one day I will get one. I just, like I said, there's like, I, to me, it seems like there's a lot of uses for those that could come in handy, at least in like herpeticulture and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be worth even like looking at like egg boxes, you know, early term versus late term. Sure. I don't know. There's just I, there's so much fun stuff I think you could do with that that would give you a lot of. Oh, yeah. A lot of insight. Absolutely. Even your room. Yeah. Yeah. The hotter side, the cooler side. I mean, you, you heard it from, you know, from Dr. Loafman. He has that one wall in his. In mm-hmm. his room, that's the the cool wall, you know. Yeah, Fleers makes the one that I'm looking at right now too. It's the like the actual just unit itself. It's not a plug-in camera one. It's a separate thing altogether. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Dang, they got one that's man. got a leak detector, a moisture meter. Oh yeah, like I said, they're like the commercial wow. standard. Yeah, that's wild. Even if you took that out herping. Yeah. Flip tin, see what the temperature's looking like under tin, like get a good picture of it instead of just the temperature itself. Yeah, right. Well, dude, I mean, it's like Burke had that ambient temp reader when we were in uh, West Texas. And dude, like I would have never thought about ambient temp, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a huge difference, man. Huge difference. I mean, in a way, I think that would almost matter. That would matter more than like surface temperature of rocks and basking areas. Like ambience or what's going to matter the most in terms of operational temperatures and stuff like that yeah oh yeah hmm. 
dude, I still can't believe like we stood in the Rio Grande, you know, bathed our feet literally. And like think I, I, I just was going through pictures and dude, like adventure of a lifetime. It's awesome. I want to go awesome. back. Yeah, man. I yeah. want to be back standing in the middle of Big Bend in the middle of the night. Yeah, dude. Saying, Zoolander, <laughs> don't step forward. And see, that was the whole, that was one of the things that really made me want to get a GPS transponder because, dude, that night went great, but it, it could have gone really bad. bad. <laughs> and like, I'm not even talking about the rattlesnake. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the oh, fact yeah, that yeah. we were in falls. A, we're, dude, we're in a canyon gorge yeah. that's that's in surrounded by valley rock and mountain and Tuscan Raiders show up, start dude, fucking shit up. Sand people, man. But yeah, dude, thinking about skinwalkers, chupacabras. Thinking about the dude getting lost. Creepers. Yeah. Like, Thinking about getting lost and and being able to get the hell out of there. You know what I mean? And yeah. like thank thank God Rob had been there before. You know what I mean? You don't need a GBS. I feel like Rob has the same thing that like sea turtles do. Oh yeah. 100%. They can like they can feel the direction is the right one that they're going. Yeah. He has a built-in compass in his, you know, the cosmic sh- octopus shock. guides him. Yes, the cosmic octopus. It's got one tentacle on the top of his head, like in Donnie Darko or something, and it just yes. Mm -hmm. He sees the the thing through through time. Due north, due north. Yes. Uh, Bobby Pebbles is a freak of nature, in the best way. (laughs) Well, as long as I have battery power and a clear view of the sky, (laughs) I won't ever have that problem ever. (laughs) So, yeah. I actually, and I like it. I got a cord where I can plug the thing into my phone and use my phone as a power source. So, rock and roll. Very fancy. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. You just have to keep an eye on Jake, buddy. He's small. He might desiccate quickly. Make sure he's (laughs) hydrated. Take some graham crackers or gummy bears or something for him. Keep him alive. Oh, well, make sure well, he has water in the proper footwear, unlike me. Wait, who are we talking about? Jake. Jake? Yeah. Isn't Jake <laughs> going out there too with you? Oh, I have no idea. I thought he was. Oh, I don't know. It's news to me. <laughs> who knows? I don't I don't know. That boy's a mess. Does he does he have like Birkenstocks he wears? I don't know. I imagine Jake showing up to a, a mountain a mountain hiking trail with like work boots and steel toes. <laughs> God bless him. <sighs> well, sir, is there anything else you want to touch base on this evening? Negative. Negative. Okay. What do you got planned for Thursday? Uh, good question. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. Fair enough. <clears throat> we, we, haven't, co- we haven't done a one-on-one, but I also feel like our one-on-ones lately have been pretty, pretty whack. Okay. Because we didn't have a plan going into them. 
So I don't know. All right. We've got a couple people like in the in the in the pipeline. So in the queue. Yep. And uh, you and I are going to collaborate on the trivia stuff. Yes. Yes, definitely. We will. I just didn't. I completely forgot about it. Otherwise, I would have worked on it last week. And so. That's all right. You had a lot on your plate. I get it. We'll uh, we'll make it so. Rock and roll, baby. I make some really tough ones. <clears throat> yeah, ones that we won't even know. This episode was brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I plan on being at Daytona. I'm going to try my best to get there. I don't see any reason why I shouldn't be, but we'll see. So, Peterson Pythons, blackboxcages.com, blackboxcages on Instagram and Facebook. Hit them up. Some of the best lead times one can ask for, some of the best products one can ask for. I'm going to talk to Jake about maybe this weekend, depending on what he has going on, if we can do our video on his black box stuff that he got. So they give you a nice little view of, of a myriad of their, their uh, catalog because Jake has a pretty good bit of their stuff more than I do in terms good. of variety. So he wants to, uh, he's been, he wanted to do that, but he's been wanting to do it with the, the new camera and stuff. So all right, cool. We'll have to make that happen. So, Hopefully this weekend will. I've been falling behind on the whole five questions thing. I need to get back in the habit of setting that up. Um, biggest hurdle with that is just schedules. Everything else about it is pretty easy. So start doing them again. Other Sounds than that, may raffle. Get in while you still can. Two spots Her- left in the cup. Herpeticulturenetwork.com. It's right there on the homepage. When's the next Venomous exchange? Uh, it was supposed to be yesterday, and I dropped the ball because I forgot to edit out some stuff. And it's not edit out like bad. It's edit out like we were international and had satellite interruptions. So uh, I got you. I, 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 I cut the thing up and made it good for, for air. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. I really don't do any cutting. I kind of just add the beginning, add the end, you know? But this one, I'm gonna have to go through and like cut out a bunch of dead air and cut out a bunch of uh, 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 segments where like the guest's camera cut out and like me mm-hmm. and Nipper are, like sitting there twiddling our thumbs, you yep. know. So I gotta go through and finish doing that. And uh, realistically, Sunday should be good. I, I got a uh, inventory for my work, which sounds like it's nothing, but it is a oh no f- fucking nightmare. Oh yeah. Um. So that's this whole week and into the weekend. So uh, I'll be working Sunday all day, Ugh. but I'll try and get it out Sunday. So cool. That's it. All right. Well, we will be back Thursday night for THP number one sixty something, one sixty two. I think. I don't know. I got to look. But thank you all. Yes. Thank you all. We'll... Scott, we see your thing. I did not have a cigar. That was not me. Ha 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 ha. I don't get it. There was a, a group chat and somebody posted a picture of uh, what's his name from Drew Estate. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said yeah. you look like Jonathan Drew? Yeah, I don't think so at all. <laughs> I don't look anything like that guy. <laughs> Get a bunch of finger rings and... Oh, God. Ugh, oh. Long Island. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, we will make expe- especially tough questions just for Scott. Yeah. Yeah. About, like, blind snakes and weird species that, like, three people know exist. Yeah, scale counts of salamanders. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, everyone have a good evening. Bye.